0: You're listening to a message from Victory Dumageta. Welcome back to our series, The Gospel Expressed. We are continuing from the Book of Romans. And our passage for the day is in chapter 12. And we're going to read verse 9 all the way to verse 21. It says here, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. but overcome evil with good. The gospel explained becomes the gospel expressed. Well it must be expressed. It should be expressed and it will be expressed. The gospel or the good news as we've been discussing in the gospel explained series from chapters 1 to 11 is about who God is and what God has done. And last week, we transitioned to the gospel expressed. And we learned from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, that believing in the gospel must be expressed in gospel living. And we explained what that is. It is a life of worship, a life of transformation, and a life of service. And the gospel is about who God is and what He has done. So believing the gospel then has a great impact on our being and our living. If we truly believe the good news, it affects who we are, who we become, and what we do. God showed us His mercy by giving His life as a sacrifice for our sins. So we respond in faith by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice unto Him. God took on human flesh and He showed us the way, the truth, and the life. And as a response, we grow and we learn His ways, embrace His truth, and submit our whole lives to His will. That is a life of transformation. God also came in the form of a servant and gave His life sacrificially as a ransom for many. So we respond by trusting in His finished redemptive work and we serve His purposes and His people that we may participate in the redemption of many more. So today, as we talk about love in action, We are challenged once again to match what we believe, what we confess, and what we profess to believe in the way we live. Verse 9 tells us this, let love be genuine. The word love here is agape kind of love. We often understand it as a love that is different from the erotic love or the emotional affection kind of love. It is God's love. It is unconditional. It is sacrificial. And this kind of love speaks of the divine love, which literally means what God prefers. This is a love that is God-defined, never neighbor-defined nor self-defined. God, who is love, determines and reveals this love. Now, Paul says that we are to let love, or agape, be genuine, meaning it has to be authentic, real, Pure and true. Look at how other versions translated this. In the NIV, it says, love must be sincere. In the New Living Translation, don't just pretend to love others. In the NASV, let love be without hypocrisy. So when Paul was talking about the love of God, of course, we know that even in the previous chapters, he talked at length about this kind of the love of God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, I want to remind us, hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 8 says this, but God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In verse 28, we know that for those who love God, All things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. And in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 37 to 39, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love, the agape kind of love, is powerful. It changes us and transforms us into a people who are loved and a people who becomes loving. The good news is that what we could not fulfill, Jesus fulfilled. Remember, Jesus summarized the greatest commandment as loving God. That's a vertical dimension. And loving your neighbor as yourself, that is the horizontal dimension. And Jesus said that on this hangs the law and the prophets. And now that we have received the good news, we were given a new heart and a new spirit. We have a new beginning. And not only that, a new power to live right. Like two sides of the same coin, the impression on both sides must be evident to be considered at proper value. The righteousness of God that is revealed by faith is to be expressed through righteous living by faith. And we see this in two ways. Firstly, because God genuinely loved us, we are to love God radically. Our motivation is God's agape love towards us. Our response to God is loving God with our all. Now, giving our all in light of God's mercies, the Bible says, is reasonable. It's just appropriate. It's just right. But let me just say this, that it is not just reasonable, it is also radical. Radical meaning it's at the root. It means it is affecting the fundamental nature of something. And it also means far-reaching and thorough. So for the believer, it is reasonable and radical for us to love God with our all. By presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, by not conforming to the patterns of the world, kaya siguro radical in a sense, the extreme for the world. Because okay, lang sa world na wag ka all out; it's too much. But we are radical in a sense that we see that it is transforming us. It transforms us by the renewing of our minds, and that we are no longer conformed to the patterns of the world, but we are being conformed into His image and likeness more and more. The Bible says that we may test and discern God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. It is radical in a sense that we are taking the gifts that God has given us in faith and we are faithfully serving God and serving God's people and serving God's purposes with God's people. Paul even added more to this list by saying, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. So the agape, or the love of God, the divine love, is genuine. It is authentic. It is real. It is pure. In other words, if it is not, if it is just for show, if it is hypocritical, like wearing a mask, then it is not real love. Now this love, the love that is defined by God who is love, is a God that prefers what God prefers. The Bible tells us that the God who loves is also the God who hates evil. That is why real love abhors, detests, and hates evil. Kaya pala pag reflect natin to, we cannot really say that we love God genuinely, authentically, really, truly, purely, if we still love what God hates. Instead, like the flip side of the same coin, we are to love what God loves, but we also need to hate what God hates. And real love does not just abhor and detest evil, but real love clings holds tightly and cleaves to what is good. As the love of God works in us and works through us, we then prefer what God prefers more and more. And because God's love does not lead us to do what is evil, believing and receiving the love of God then leads us away from evil and toward what is good. And this is part of the reason, Siguro, why we need the renewing of the mind. Because in our sinful, selfish human nature, we have this tendency to justify the evil that we do. And aside from that, we make excuses for the good that we are not doing. Instead of abhorring what is evil, we give in to temptation. And instead of holding fast to what is good, we give it up too easily. But Paul is reminding us that if we believe in the love of God genuinely, we have to seek to know God's will and respond in trust, submission, faith, and obedience. By testing what we think is God's will by faith and obedience. because nga, hindi naman tayo sure until we step out in faith and obedience. Only then can we discern and approve what God's will is. And in the end, di ba yung conclusion natin? Buti na lang, nagtrust trust ako kay God. Buti na lang, nag ako kay Lord. Doon ko napatunayan, yung will talaga niya, it's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. And sometimes, when we step out in faith and realize that's not God's will, do natin na conclude, ay, hindi pala yung will ni God. I was assuming, I was thinking, I was forcing it to be God's will. But I realized, this is not God's will because it's not good, it's not pleasing, and it's not perfect. Itong life of transformation, of knowing the will of God and doing the will of God, is something that we should keep on doing and we should not grow weary. That's why verse 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. So, wagdaw tayong slothful in zeal, alam natin yung sloth, right? an animal that moves very slowly, we should be active and proactive in terms of our zeal for God believing and receiving the gospel is a powerful life-changing experience. Think about it. Paul describes it as a criminal being forgiven, the condemned being saved, the slave becoming free, and the dead coming to life. And that conversion, if you can recall, your conversion is God's work. And Paul is reminding us not to neglect our part to play. God is sovereign as we have seen it in chapter 9. But we have a human response. And a human responsibility, we have an ability to respond to what God did then in us. We have to guard and cultivate. We have to guard that zeal, yung energetic living of the Christian life from fading. Kasi nga, left on its own, di ba, yung zeal na yon, yung energy na yon, yung enthusiasm. By the way, is a word that comes from entheo, coming from being in God. You know, yung zeal na yun, yung energy, yung enthusiasm can wane. Pwede talagang magset in yung spiritual inertia. Kaya nga, we have to be fervent in spirit. We have to stay spiritually hungry for more of God, for more of His will, for more of His plans in our lives. Sana hindi tayo mag-fall into that being too familiar of God, that we take God for granted. But instead, the more we know God, the more we know His will and His ways, the more we want more of Him in our lives. Another way of translating this phrase, yung uh, be fervent in spirit, is to be aglow with the Spirit. To be set on fire by the Spirit. Kaya pala, binigyan tayo ni Lord ng Holy Spirit. He poured the Spirit in us. And that's why we are to fan it into flame. We are to walk by the Spirit. We have to rely on the Spirit. We need to allow the Spirit to inflame our passions for Christ, for His will, and His people all the more. And Paul gave us a very practical reminder how to keep that growing. Paano daw? Keep serving the Lord. Using our gifts to serve in the body of Christ is our way of serving the Lord. And we do it because of the love of God and for the love of God. Serving the Lord is fundamental to our calling in the life of the Christian. Kaya nga dapat natin siya, regardless of how long we've been a Christian. And especially if we've been a Christian for quite a while, hindi pwedeng hindi tayo kay God or being involved in God's people. We are missing something when there's a disconnect between our love for God and love for God's people. You know, Paul was talking to a church in Rome, and a church that he did not plant, but this church, about a decade old during this time, siguro very consciously, Paul, that just like in our churches today, that one can start out zealous for God, fervent in spirit, and dedicated in serving the Lord, only to change in the wrong direction over time. A lot of times, this happens very subtly, slowly, and even unintentionally. Sometimes we think, ano lang to, Seasonal lang to. I've already done my share. Maybe it's time to let others have the chance to serve. But if we're not careful, we may never get back to being on fire and serving God again. May we all rely on grace upon grace and move from faith to faith and grow from strength to strength until we see God face to face. Furthermore, Paul exhorts us to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Kasi like what Paul says in the previous chapter, we have a great hope in Christ. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have a hope that does not put us to shame. It strengthens us in the midst of suffering. It is a hope that the creation is even groaning and longing for. But because this hope is something that is not yet seen, sometimes, instead of waiting for it, Patiently, we can lose also our joyful expectation and we can grow impatient. That is why we are to be patient, meaning to endure, to persevere in tribulation. And that's why we have to be faithful, constant, persistent, and devoted in prayer. I want to remind every one of us as much as I need to be reminded myself. Because God genuinely loved us. Let's love God radically. Now, secondly, because God genuinely loves people, let's love people progressively. In verse 10, after saying that let love be genuine, Paul says this in verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. You know, Paul, in a sense, is saying for love to be genuine, we are not just abhorring evil and clinging to what is good. Right after that, kita kaagad yung horizontal dimension, hindi lang directly kay God about good and evil, but right after that, we are to love one another with brotherly affection. Now, take note: the word love here is different from the agape or the divine kind of love. It is actually the word that is used to describe the kind affection between family. It is the mutual love between parents and children, between husbands and wives. In other words, Paul is saying that we are not just to love one another because God preferred it. We are to do it unconditionally and sacrificially. But Paul is reminding us that we are to love one another affectionately. In other words, we are not just to love one another by choice. We have to learn to like one another from that choice. And this may take time because the tendency is we just love the people that we love, but we don't grow in loving the people that we don't like. Furthermore, instead of seeking to be honored, Paul says that we are to outdo one another in showing honor. Instead of seeking to be recognized and appreciated, we need to be more conscious of recognizing and honoring others. And we honor God and make disciples, yes, but we also honor God when we honor one another. It is such a great reminder to a church that is experiencing some infighting because meron ng challenges and strife between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. Paul, in a sense, is reminding them and reminding us today that we are all God's children. And because of what Christ did, that makes each and every believer a brother and a sister in Christ. God's church, that's why we need to take church more seriously. Because God's church is more than just a religious organization. It is a spiritual family. Kaya excited tayo to go to church. Not because we have to, but because for us, it is home. It is where we belong. We belong to God and we belong to God's people. And this is such a great follow-up to encouraging everyone to use their gifts in serving the body. Kaya pala sinundan ni Paul yung, of course, God's word, ni Lord, that Spirit of God, after talking about spiritual gifts and using them in the body of Christ. Hindi lang spiritual gifts, meron ding spiritual fruit. Kasama dun yung love. Because we can easily forget that even in the use of our gifts. We can easily compare ourselves, our gifting, our service to God and others. And sometimes we think we deserve the recognition and we deserve the honor more than others. That's why we are not to be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit in serving the Lord, whether we get recognized or appreciated or not. Instead of being inward-looking and feed our selfish tendencies, Paul is exhorting us, the Spirit of God is exhorting us, that we need to stay upward-looking to God in worship and outward-looking to others in honor. Paul went on by saying that it's not just about in recognition and honor, but also in needs. Verse 13 says this, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. As Christians who have our biggest need met by Christ, our salvation, and as a people with hope in this life and beyond, we cannot allow ourselves to grow insensitive to the temporal needs of other believers. We are to be watchful. What are mga needs of the We could actually help, even to the point of making our homes available to them. We seek to show hospitality. We have to treat every believer like family. Another translation is practice hospitality. And of course, yung idea natin practice, just trying to get better at it. Pero maganda yung strong word, original word for practice. Kasi nga, it's the same word for persecute. The same word for pursue or hunt. In other words, we are to look for opportunities to meet someone's need. To be an answer to someone's prayer. That's why as a church, every now and then, we are doing acts of kindness through our Love the City project. I think we are on the right track when we put it in our system to not just think of ourselves, but also to think of others. To not just be concerned of our own needs, but to be mindful of the needs of others as well. In the same Spirit of Christ, Paul says in verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. So kung nagpa tayo, nagpa-practice tayo ng hospitality, naghahanap tayo ng opportunity to be a family to someone, dun naman sa pina tayo in the wrong way, those who are hunting us with evil intent, ang response pa natin is we are still to bless them, forgive them, wish them well, pray for them. Dibanga, nga, Jesus taught us to love not just our neighbor as we love ourselves, but even to love our enemies. Can I just be honest with you, and be real and authentic with you, even for myself. I have so much repentance that I still need to do. I still need to have some renewing of the mind that what the Word of God is saying here is hard, extremely hard. This is even impossible. Only the agape kind of love can do this in our hearts. This can only be accomplished by the grace of God. Kaya Siguru remind Maremindan gospel every single day. Because this is exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross. And this is exactly what the early disciples did. Even though they were persecuted, even though they were fed to the lions, burned at the stakes, beheaded, and tempted to be spared only if they renounced their faith. And yet these martyrs, these heroes of the faith literally presented their bodies as a living sacrifice. Truly dead to self, but fully alive in Christ. So hindi lang pala to talagang dying to self and living for God. We also need to learn how to live for others. Kaya nga verse 15 continues by saying, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Merong sense of empathy, the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. And what I like about this exhortation is that it truly gives us a practical understanding of the unity that we have as the body of Christ. Natalagang different members tayo of the same body, when we're connected with one another, we celebrate what others celebrate. We rejoice with those who rejoice. But at the same time, we feel the pain and the hurt of those who are going through difficult times. And just a reflection question for us. Baka yung iba ba answered prayers and breakthroughs and victories? Do we celebrate with them? Even if we are deeply longing for our own answered prayers, our breakthroughs and victories. Diba natin is to be envious and jealous. Sometimes even offended with God. Bakit sila binless tayo hindi? As God's people, if we truly understand and believe the good news, we find joy and hope that God who shows No partiality is also moving on our behalf. Kung binles ni Lord yung brothers and sisters natin, alam natin tayo na rin yung kasunod. Of course, okay pa yun to celebrate and to rejoice with others who rejoice. Minsan ang mahirap pa yung when others hurt, we also hurt. Grabe, look at that exhortation, di ba? We don't just sympathize meaning my feeling of pity or sorrow for them, we also have to empathize with them. We understand and share in their feelings. We carry each other's burden. And this is hard. Why? Because it can be difficult and painful. Can you imagine hurting ka na nga sa sarili mo? Gusto mo pang kunin yung hurt and pains ng ibang believers? But yet, we understand that God daily carries our burden. And we also see that God might want to use us in carrying somebody else's burden on his behalf, if we could just maybe pray for them and believe God with them and empathize with them. And this is a beautiful picture of a true church, a true community. This is what shared lives is really all about. Kaya wag magsawa sa sa exhortation and na reminder namin that na if you're not yet part of a victory group, be a part of one. Not just for your sake. Because sometimes, if not yet, in the near future, you will need someone to help you through what you're going through. But not just for your sake, but for others' sake. Many might benefit from the encouragement that we could bring with them just to help them walk through in this difficult journey that we call life. And if we have God as our master, as our father, and the spirit of God living in us, we could actually help bring the presence of God to other people. By sharing lives with them. Ito yung challenging and difficult. Kaya nga, we are to progressively move towards this. Medyo madalipang i give our all kay God kasi nga? He deserves our all. Better to live with others even if they don't deserve it. And yet, that's a very good picture of how God loved us. Kaya nga may continued exhortation did in verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Paul is saying that we are to be of the same mind. We need to protect ourselves from pride and guard against strife in the body of Christ. We are to value even the lowly. And we are not to value ourselves based on our own standards. Hindi lang yung seeking for honor, But outdoing one another with honor. But also, yung mga lowly, yung mga people who are often neglected, and people who are often out of place, we are to associate with them. Kasi ka, we know from Scripture that pride brought the downfall of the angel Lucifer and turned him into Satan, the adversary, the enemy. And the fall of the first man, Adam, it's because of entertaining the temptation of pride to be wise in his own sight. But as Christ became victorious over pride through a life of humility, we too receive the gospel by humbling ourselves in repentance and faith, as well as refusing pride through a life of denying ourselves and carrying our cross daily as we follow Christ. Like Jesus, we are, in verse 17, to repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Meaning, we are to refuse to do evil in spite and despite of the evil being done to us. We have to give consideration. We have to think of how our testimony brings witness to the faith that we profess, the gospel that we believe, and the good God that we represent. As Christ brought peace and reconciliation between us and God, we also desire for peace with everyone and become peacemakers and ambassadors of reconciliation. We work towards reconciling man back to God and between men and other men. And if reconciliation and peace is not achievable, sana hindi ito dahil sa believer, sana hindi ito dahil sa atin. But we've exhausted everything that we can to bring peace and reconciliation, even if others do not want it. You know what gives us reason to repay evil with good? It's believing the Word of God. In verse 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what stops us from the urge for revenge is remembering that vengeance is the Lord. That God is a perfectly just God who will one day right all. All things wrong, then we can say no to the urge, the human tendency, the world's way of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This is a quote in Deuteronomy thirty-two. In fact, aside from that, finalo up pa niya with proverbs. Because nga ang natural natin pagkagalit tayo sa isa, wag natin bigyan ng pagkain, wag natin bigyan ng drink. Pero yung principle dito is if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Bakasiguro kaya galit lang, kasi gutom. If it's thirsty, give him a drink. The world's philosophy leads people to expect retaliation when they have wronged one another. Gantihan, diba? Ganyan tayo pinalaki. Then because of that, we can never outdo one another in evil, but we are to outdo one another in terms of honoring and doing what is good. God's people are asked, in other words, to respond in a different way. When we repay evil with kindness and love, the hardest heart can start to melt. Kaya nga yung Christian way is actually something that shocks the world. Instead of giving into to self-centeredness and selfishness that the world encourages, God's people instead are going against the current with a life of self-denial and dying to self. Now, living like this is costly. Kasi nga, others can take advantage of it. Diba nga, yun minsan yung tendency kaya gusto natin gumanti na. Pwede ba, seven times ko na siyang pinatawad, pwede na ba akong gumanti on the eighth time? Okay na, I've already done too much of repaying evil with good. But Paul exhorts us to overcome evil with good. We are more than conquerors. We are to overcome the world by trusting the Word and allowing the Word and the Spirit of the Word to work in us and through us. Kaya kahit mahirap, we rely on God's grace to do this. Why? Because our relationship with God must be reflected in our relationship with people hindi lang God's people, but even the people who are now considered enemies of God and hopefully they will also become children of God. The reason why we do this is because our relationship with people is actually a reflection of our relationship with God. Like what I said in the beginning, Jesus summarized it this way. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, even love your enemies. Yes, I confess it. I declare it that it is hard, it is difficult, it is impossible apart from God. But we believe in the gospel that teaches us that we have been given a brand new heart and a brand new spirit, that God's love is now in us, and that God is not just for us, but God is with us and is now in us through His Spirit. The power of God with whom all things are possible. So let us then move from the gospel that we believe to the gospel that is seen in our being and in our living. Let us then move away from pretending to be who we were. Let us be genuine, authentic, and real, and put on Christ and live like Christ. So let the new you, the Christ who is in you, please rise up and stand up and come to the surface. Because that is who we are now in Him. And that is who we will eventually become. Christ-like. More like Him. Because we are loved by God. Genuinely. Truly. Purely. Let us then love God radically. And let us love people progressively. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these or to access other resources, Please visit victorytumagete.org or like our page on Facebook.